to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you're standing, you may be seated. Um, I thank God for allowing me to uh, come to TCOO. Give me one moment. And if you don't have a church home, I will encourage you to join a church like TCOO. You know, uh, I came here, and uh, despite of my outer appearance, uh, God gave Bishop discernment, and he's he seen what was in me even before I, I, I did an exhortation, even before I did a, 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 a sermon, if you will. And, and that was amazing to me because a lot of uh, preachers, they may, they may look at your out, outward appearance or, or see, see some, some shortcoming of you and just assume. But I thank God and, and that, that the man of God is a, a full of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. And God gave him discernment, and uh, here we are today. Amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. But to Bishop Powell, thanks for all your support and allow me to share the gospel. Amen, amen. And to TCOO, it's a blessing to be here to exalt the name of Jesus together. Amen, amen, amen. My text can be found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. I'm reading from the KJV. And it reads, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Once again, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Amen, amen, amen. For a moment of your time, I would like to speak using the topic, I need a drink. I need a drink. And if, you, and if you are part of a men of war, prayer warrior ministry every other Monday, and you heard this topic before, uh, just tag it as, I need another drink. <laughs> I need another drink. Amen, amen, amen. In this verse, we find Paul instructing the church to not be drunk with wine, he goes on to tell them why they should not be drunk with wine. He said, being drunk with wine is an excess. The New King James Version call it a dissipation. Dissipation is a noun mean dissipated living, which is living one life in vain. It means the squandering of money, energy, or resources. So being drunk with the spirit of the world will cause a person to swander their money, their energy, and their resources away. It will cause them to, to live a life in vain. Then Paul gives them a profound suggestion. For those who enjoy being full of a spirit, Paul said, but be filled with the spirit. The spirit that Paul is referring to here is the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. In John 4, verse 10, Jesus told the Samaritan woman, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee 
living waters. Jesus also spoke of living water in verses 13 and 14 of John chapter 4, stating in verse 14 that whosoever drink of the water that he shall give them shall never thirst. Now we know that this water is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ Jesus. But look at her reaction. Verse 15 said that the woman said, Sir, give me this water. Have you ever asked Jesus to give you that water? Have you ever told Jesus that you need a drink of his living water? Matthew 5 verse 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst at the righteousness, for they shall be filled. There's a big difference being filled with man's spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Man's spirit will cause you to walk in the flesh. The Holy Spirit empowers us to walk in the spirit. Man's spirit leads you to destruction. The Holy Spirit leads you to victory. Man's spirit affects your mind, distorting your mobility and mental intellect. The Holy Spirit let that mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Man's spirit will make you stumble. The Holy Spirit will make you stand up big and tall. Man's spirit will make you sick. Some call it a hangover, Bishop. The Holy Spirit will make you well. Some call it a heal over. Trade your hangover for a heal over. Meaning uh, there's a healing over yonder when you come to Jesus. I need a drink. Matter of fact, Make my drink a double because I don't know what's waiting for me after this service. But if I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, this one thing I do know, when trouble come, I'm more than a conqueror. When trial come, I can be ahead and not the tail. When tribulation come, I can be above and not beneath. Hallelujah. Some of you tried, man, drinker. Jack Daniel. New Amsterdam gin, Long Island iced tea, and many others. Those drink gave you headaches and heartaches, leading you down the path of destruction. But the living water can fix anything broken in your life. The Holy Spirit can make any person heart uh, a broken heart or put back back together again. Uh, the Holy Spirit give hope to the hopeless. Matter of fact, if you don't want your drink of the living water, I'll take your also. I can always use more hope in my life. Hallelujah. Drunk can be defined as a chronic drinker. Someone who is intoxicated, stupefied, or excited by a chemical substance, especially alcohol, as if under the influence of alcohol. Question today is, what or who are you under the influence of? What are you intoxicated with? Allow me to suggest my favorite drink to you. Allow me to recommend an, 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 an antidote of hope. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, allow me to supply your first drink. The first drink is on me. Better yet, it's on Jesus. Just allow me to introduce to you 
you to the living water. His name is Jesus. What's the cause of, of this drink, you ask? This drink can't be bought with money. He's priceless. If you could put a price tag on him, nobody in this world would be able to afford him. We can gather up all the money in the world and still come up short, but there is a price for this dream. The price that you must pay is called denying yourself. The price that you must pay is called taking up your cross. The price that you must pay is called following Jesus. Have you ever heard of a party that served unlimited drinks? Let me tell you about a party, a Holy Ghost party, that served unlimited drinks. True Pentecostals and apostolics are familiar with this type of party. Everybody is invited, but there's only one way that you can get through the door. The only way that you can get in this Holy Ghost party is by repenting and being baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive a drink of that living water. The living water is the spirit of God. See Matthew 12, verse 28. The living water is the finger of God. See Luke 11, verse 20. He's the breath of God, meaning he give us life. See Job 33, verse 4. The Bible teaches us that the word is flesh, which is Jesus Christ. John 1 verse 14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Bible also teaches that the word is spirit. Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. John chapter 4 teaches us that only Jesus can quench our spiritual thirst. In John chapter 4, 7 through 10, Jesus exposes the Samaritan woman's spiritual thirst. In verses 10 through 14, Jesus offered her living water. In verses 14 through 18, Jesus promised her lasting satisfaction. John 4 verse 14 mentioned, but whosoever drink of the water that I shall give them shall never thirst. This is true fulfillment. Also in John chapter 4, we see a progression. A progression of how she see Jesus or saw Jesus. First, she saw him as a Jew. See verse 9 in John chapter 4. Secondly, she saw him as one greater than Jacob. See verse 12. Thirdly, she saw him as a prophet. See verse 19. Finally, she saw him as the Messiah. Verse 29. I'll say that again. First, she saw him as a Jew. See verse 9. Secondly, she saw him as one greater than Jacob. See verse 12. Thirdly, she saw him as a prophet. See verse 19. Finally, she saw him as the Messiah. Verse 29. And that's a problem, Bishop, even to this day. 
Some people only see Jesus, men of war, as a Jew and nothing else. Some people only see him, Pastor Trevor, as one greater than Jacob and nothing else. Some people only see him, Pastor Danny, as a prophet and nothing else. But be, thanks be to God, Bishop, that we see him for who he really is as the Messiah. Sin. Like Peter saw him. Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Many were having the problem of seeing Jesus for whom he really is. See Matthew 16, 13 through 16. Question today. Would you always see Jesus for whom he is? Not only in the good time, but also in the bad. Would you see him as a way maker when it feels like that you don't have a way? Would you see him as your shelter in the midst of a storm while raindrops are falling on your head? Raindrops are falling on my head. Would you see him as a protector while the world is beating you down? That's why we need to be drunk with the Holy Ghost. Let me explain. Unlike man's spirit, when the more you drink of it, it makes your sight blurry. The Holy Spirit, when you're drunk with the Holy Ghost, it will make your sight clear. Meaning, meaning if you're drunk on Jesus, you can see him even when you can't see him. This is called walking by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Jesus told Thomas in John 20, verse 29, Because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen me, and yet have believed. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 5, back to Ephesians chapter 5, Paul begins to enlighten the church that when it comes to drunkenness, if you must be drunk with anything, be drunk with the Spirit of God. In this letter, Paul shows how the new light of Christ has notified and replaced the old ways. See Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Then he detailed the vices that must be removed from people's lives. See Ephesians 4, 25 through 31. And the virtues that must be emulated. See Ephesians 4, 31 through, through chapter 5, verse 2. Next, he deepened this understanding by using light and darkness dualism to show how light exposes the deeds of darkness and enable the believers to walk in the fruit of life and please the Lord. See Ephesians 5, 3 through 14. Now he brings this ethical section. To a climax by describing the walk of the children of life and the Lord when in terms of divine wisdom, which is evidenced by the fruit that are displayed in our spiritual walk. See Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 17. Paul reveals that this level of wisdom, this level of victory is only possible 
through the Holy Spirit, through the Spirit of Christ Jesus, which can be achieved if and only if one make a conscious decision to be drunk in the Spirit. See Ephesians 5, 18 through 21. We should desire to be drunk with God's wisdom. This spiritual drunkenness, this wisdom will empower each believer to walk worthy. See Ephesians 4, verse 1 so that we may all live a life acceptable to the Lord. See Ephesians 5, verse 10. Christians shouldn't walk unwisely, but wisely, using every opportunity to understand the will of the Lord. See Ephesians 5, verse 17. If the saints are to overcome darkness in the world, as well as the darkness that continuously try to penetrate our hearts, we must be the right kind of drunk. If you're going to taste and see that the Lord is good and worthy to be praised, you must be the right kind of drunk. If no weapons formed against you shall prosper, you must be the right kind of drunk. Being drunk in the spirit is a non-wavering, ongoing practice of walking in the spirit so we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Meaning we walk in the spirit more than we walk in the flesh. Meaning we bear the fruit of the spirit and not the work of the flesh. And I'm not saying that we are perfect. But I am saying if you're drunk in the spirit, you'll be walking in victory. And John 7, verse 37, Jesus cried out and said, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Verse 38 goes on to say, He, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus extends this amazing invitation to everyone who desire a drink. But to understand this invitation, first you must understand scripture. This verse points us back to Isaiah. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah talk primarily about judgment on Judah, on Jerusalem, and on Nations surrounding Israel, which represent the whole world. This judgment is due because of the wickedness of mankind. There are many glimpses of hope throughout the first 39 chapter of Isaiah, but chapter 40 and beyond, the books shift dramatically, shifting from penalty of sin to promise of salvation. This shift dominates the remaining 26 chapters in Isaiah. These chapters center on a figure called the servant. In Isaiah chapter 52, this servant is described as one who is exalted and exalted, meaning he's raised and lifted up. See Isaiah 52 verse 13 and Isaiah 6 verse 1. Isaiah 53 verse 3 mentioned that this servant was rejected of men and was acquainted with grief. Sound like Jesus to me. Verse 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgression. 
He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are here. That is Jesus. Isaiah 54 verse 5 called this servant God of the whole earth. In that same verse, he also called Redeemer. Jesus is our Redeemer. John 7 verse 37 reverence Isaiah 55 verse 1. Isaiah 55 verse 1 starts by saying, Oh, ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. Remember I mentioned by chapter 40 and beyond, the book shift dramatically. Here in Isaiah 55, the servant is now referred to as water. In Isaiah 55, God said, Everyone that thirsts. In John chapter 7, God cried, if any man that thirsts. In Isaiah 55, God said, come ye to the water. In John chapter 7, God said, come unto me. In Isaiah 55, God said, come ye, buy and eat. In John chapter 7, God end by saying, and drink in Isaiah 55, the water was concealed. In John chapter 7, 37, the water is revealed, and Jesus is his name. Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead body. The Bible is speaking about one individual, and his name is Jesus. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Time won't allow me to go through all my key points for today. I have three key points, but I just jumped down to the very last key. But, but for the record, I tell you what the first two key points are. First, if we drunk in Jesus, we will display Jesus' Holy Ghost power. And within that power, he give us the power to press. Philippians 3 verse 14 says, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If you're drunk on Jesus, you're empowered to press through all your dilemmas, all your distraction, all your disappointment. Press them. That is to say, you're empowered to endure to the end. Secondly, if we're drunk in Jesus, we will display Jesus' Holy Ghost peace. Bishop was talking about peace earlier in the first half. Jesus told his disciple in John 20, verse 19, peace be unto you. Again, he spoke of this peace in verse 21. He said, again, peace be unto you. In verse 22, in that chapter, he mentioned that Jesus breathed on them and said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. <laughs> There's two profound truths revealed in this verse. Notice the breath that Jesus breathed is not just any breath. It's not hot air. <laughs> Jesus called the breath the Holy Ghost, proving that Jesus and the Spirit are one, proving that Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Secondly, Jesus asked them to receive the Holy Ghost. He didn't force them. 
himself upon them, meaning everybody had to choose for themselves whether or not they want the Holy Ghost. So just like Jesus, Bishop may ask you, Pastor Luke may ask you, all the pastor may ask you at the end of service, do you want the Holy Ghost? We're not going to force him on you. We're not going to force him on anybody. But do you want the Holy Ghost? Do you want to drink? We don't force them on you. You got to make up your own mind to receive the Holy Ghost for your own self. I got to move on, church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lastly, lastly, Bishop, you and Sister Powell can come up. Lastly, if we're drunk in Jesus, we will display wall-breaking, earthquaking, ground-shaking praise. Hallelujah. John 4, verse 20 says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. And Paul and Silas were drunk in Jesus. They were the right kind of drunk, and they did not allow their circumstance to steal their praise. Acts 16 verse 25 says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas, they prayed. And they and sing praises unto God. And the prisoner heard them. Do you ever pray for the King of Kings? Do you ever pray for the Lord of Lords? Do you consider Jesus worthy to be prayed? Hallelujah. It's time to make a joyful noise. I forgot to mention at these Holy Ghost parties, there's a lot of singing. At these Holy Ghost parties, there's a lot of dancing. At these Holy Ghost parties, there's a lot of shouting, jumping, running up and down the aisles. Hallelujah. Praise God in this sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament. Praise Him of His power. Praise Him for His mighty act. Praise Him for Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Jesus. Let everything that have from praise ye the Lord. Come on, Bishop. Hallelujah. Let's praise Him.